Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. We are moving into a three-part series, 30 Things That I Have Learned in My 30 Years. This is going to be a combination of mindset, spirituality, mindfulness, entrepreneurship, alignment, all jumbled together. And I encourage you to stay present for all three parts and to Really find yourself in a calming space as you are listening to these sessions. I'm so excited to share this three-part series with you and enjoy. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Wise Woman Podcast. I'm so enjoying this series. This is episode two of a three-part series, 30 Things That I Have Learned in My 30 Years, a combination of the spirituality, the entrepreneurship, all of the big life takeaways. We are going to dive into number 11 to 20 today. So thank you all so much for being present, just setting the intention to be gentle, absorb, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. And maybe some of the things that I say today or have said in the previous or future episode, the hope is that it just inspires you or allows you to be exactly who you are to be gentle, to be kind, to know that you are not alone in this human experience. So let's dive right in. Number 11, forgive and surrender and try your best to live in the present moment. Now, before I became a business mentor, I was a, and and honestly still am for many of my clients, a spiritual mentor and a spiritual coach and a mindset coach and helping all of my clients shift back into the healthy space, a healthy headspace. And myself and so many of my friends, my family, my clients, we think about the past too much. Things that we really wish we did differently. I know the proverb goes that if you are thinking about the past, you're depressed. If you're thinking about the future, you're anxious. And the goal is to always live in the present. It is one of the most challenging practices that I obviously encourage everyone to practice as often as possible. It's something that I work on every single day, a million times a day, coming back into that present moment. This is also a conversation about who is on your team. Do you have a therapist? Do you have a mindset coach? Do you have a mentor? I work with healers and psychics and Reiki practitioners and, of course, a therapist and just having all of these different people on my team to just support me as my business continues to aggressively grow and even life transitions from being a single nomad to now being married to continuing to travel and everything in between. It is so important to have that support. Something that I hear often and I have also felt myself is this desire to be who you are right now and know what you know right now, but go back to high school or go back to college just to have the confidence or kind of like the life understanding that you embody right now to bring back into a specific point of time when you really needed it. 
I often have the thought of, wow, I really wish, oh, I wish who I am right now could just spend a little bit of time of in in my life as a sorority girl in college and how differently I would have lived. And it's it's something that I definitely talk to my mom about and my friends about every now and then. And I know it's a really common thought pattern. And when you experience that, just being gentle there and then coming back into the present moment. I know for myself, I was so scared of boys. And I don't know why people don't talk about this. Like me and my girlfriends, the intimacy or like when I found out a boy liked me in middle school or high school or even college, like I would always get so nervous or scared. And it was always rooted in, in, I mean, of course, a fear-based thought, but even more than that, just why don't people talk about how so many of us have felt that fear when it came to that first boy who liked you. My parents always talk about how boys would call the house and I would be too scared to pick up or too scared to call back. Like I remember being physically sick over calling boys back. Like I wouldn't be able to eat. I was just a very nervous person. And of course, I wonder biologically if that shifts over time or if you just meet the right person. I know a lot of that really changed for me in college, especially when I studied abroad in Florence, Italy. I think I just really stepped into who was the right fit for me romantically and just kind of owning my confidence around that. And people don't really talk about that. So if you are listening right now and and you are honoring that younger version of you that definitely was afraid of that intimacy or afraid of the opposite sex or even just the people that you were interested in who are also interested in you, we need to start normalizing that. We need to definitely start talking about that more. I think a lot about college, like who I was in college, how unaligned the trauma that occurred during that time, mostly due to alcohol and just how we normalize drinking so much in the party scene in college. And that has definitely, is, I mean, it's definitely a conversation around what we normalize in our culture. And I so wish somebody would have said to me, Aaron, you you drink vodka, you know, so many days a week, and then you have pizza with ranch at 2 a.m. every other night. Of course you're anxious. Of course you have symptoms of depression. Like, duh, even now, even today, I just celebrated my best friend's birthday and we had a couple cocktails and I felt sad for days, like days. And it's just, to me, it's not worth it anymore. So um, just being really conscious of what is pulling you away from the present moment. What are you bringing into your system? How can you practice forgiveness and just really honoring who you were in your past because so many lessons came with it. Because of everything that I experienced in college, I became actually very independent and I found yoga. I found yoga and meditation on my own. I became a spirit junkie, a self-help book junkie. And I think I wouldn't have found those things if everything was tranquilo. I wouldn't have found those things if everything was okay. It's also a time where I really learned what alignment looked like for me and and for anyone who is listening and you do lose yourself in those thoughts of, oh, I wish I knew this during this time or you're stuck in a traumatic moment, of course, seek seek therapy, seek prof- professional help. 
Forgive yourself in the present moment and surrender. Just allow yourself to feel it even for a beat. Allow yourself to cry and encompass it and then breathe deeply and shift back into that healthy headspace. Call a loved one, journal, meditate, dance, move your body. Like I said before, whatever you need to do to come back into that higher vibrational version of you, forgive yourself in real time. You are a living, breathing thing. You have to be gentle. And our greatest work is to live in the present moment. So something that's really been working for me is I will say five things that I see right now, right? So I see my microphone, I see my computer, I see a picture of the sea, I see some crystals, I see my husband's contacts that he puts in his eyes. So just noticing what's around you, context clues, this will bring you back into your present moment. So number 11, forgive as often as you can and surrender. I could talk about forgiveness all day, um, so we will likely circle back to that and do whatever you can to come back into the present moment. The miracles occur in the present moment. Number 12 is a big one. So what are you responsible for and having clients that respect you, right? They respect the work that you bring into the world. So what I hear so often is this desire to be liked. And I've experienced this myself as well. I want my clients to like me. I want them to feel held and heard. And even more than that, there has to be a conversation about what each person is responsible for and mutual respect. So typically for me, I like my clients, what I prefer, right? If I have the choice, I prefer my clients to get their ROI, their return on investment right away when working with me. For example, my client, Erin, she already hit her first 10K month. She already has made back her ROI or is like right about to. And that's typically what is the common conversation for many of my clients. Now, what I'm also learning is I'm responsible for offering ideation and guiding my clients on how to launch and scale their business and how to have a ground in morning and evening routine to connect to the highest version of themselves and ideate and have CO days and mastermind and just hold the space for them to really share the medicine on their heart from a place of alignment. That's what I'm responsible for. My clients are responsible for showing up. There are so many different ways to, many of my clients can connect with me either in Facebook or Voxer. So they are responsible for letting me know if they need guidance or if they need help. My clients are responsible for showing up for the calls on time. My clients are responsible for paying their, their contract, their bills to me on time as well. So when something doesn't feel good for you or in your business, it's typically a time to connect with yourself and connect with your clients. And I even said this to my clients. Listen, I am responsible for holding this container. You are responsible for showing up. If we sit down and plan your launching calendar, maybe a hype event, uh, maybe a freebie or challenge, maybe posting these specific messages on social media, maybe we're talking about DM closers or hiring out your team, my client is responsible for taking the next aligned step, right? So a conversation around responsibility is so important and that mutual respect. I found that, I mean, I deeply, I work with my soulmate clients. I deeply adore my clients. Respect usually is just a side effect of that. And what I've learned is that's not always true. I've talked to some of my clients who uh, who have struggled with this a little bit. So 
just making sure right away that there is that mutual layer of respect. For my clients, sometimes we meditate or we pull cards or we audit sales funnels. And when my clients hop on a call with me and they have drama going on within their family or there's something heavy on their heart, we kind of or always, we must talk about that first. When we talk about that first, when we hold space for that deep conflict, then we can, the truth is we, so many of us, myself as well, I can't lie, right? If like I'm upset about something, you'll be able to see it on my face. So if I am in a situation with my client and we are upset or they are upset, we have to name it. We have to talk about it. We have to hold space for it. This actually happens a lot on my sales calls. I wonder if this has ever happened to you. I'll have, uh, when someone's interested in working with me, I have so many clients who will hop on the call and right away we talk about kind of the obstacles happening with their partner or the things that just aren't feeling aligned with their family or like a breakup they're going through with a close friend. Once you name it, then we can kind of dive into what feels true for the business. So I have always found that to be really important. I do love pulling cards. I do love using my pendulum, really bringing out that spiritual side as well. The metaphor I like to share here is I can carry my clients to the water and I can offer so many different ideas and systems and what has worked well for my past clients and what has worked well for me and then choosing kind of what feels most aligned for them, most authentic for them to share. And then they are responsible for bending down and drinking the water, right? So just being really conscious of in any area of business, you can only take your employees, your clients, your team so far, and then they are responsible for drinking the water. As always, the bottom line of this, Tachlis, I am partners with my clients. And this is a partnership and it's a conversation around responsibility and it's typically emulated in the contract we both sign as well. So number 12, what are you responsible for and having clients that in a community that really respects you? Number 13, and one that I just, I mean, even today it's my most, I just, I love this. So reading is healing. I'm a big binge reader. I've always been a big reader. I would come home from high school. I have like a, a special reading couch in my parents' house. I would sit down, I would read, I would like fall, I would take a nap and fall asleep and then keep reading. I am a diehard Harry Potter fan. I find it to be the most amazing literature ever. I love Harry Potter. I also am just got through binging A Court of Thorns and Roses. If you love Beauty and the Beast or Hunger Games, Twilight, fantasy types of vibe, I highly recommend A Court of Thorns and Roses. It is a five series book. The fourth book is kind of just a bridge book. And the first book is really good, but the second, third, and fifth is absolutely divine. There's a lot of really sexy scenes in there, and my friends and I are just geeking out about how amazing this series this series is. It really just brought that light back in my heart for how much I loved Harry Potter, how much it transformed my life and really held me. And even A Court of Thorns and Roses, 
Go read it. Please DM me on Instagram. Tell me that you listen to this podcast and you are reading that book. So many people have been messaging me that they've been reading that book. I read a ton and I talk about it so much on social media. So another book I also recommend is Hearts Invisible Furies. Hearts Invisible Furies. Let's just make sure I'm going to say uh, by John Boyne. Yeah, that's who I thought it was by. Um, and Court of Thorns and Roses is Sarah J. Moss. So uh, Hearts Invisible. Hearts Invisible Furies is another really wonderful book. I remember I finished it while I was leading a retreat in India on the bus. We were heading to hot air balloons at 4 or 5 a.m. And I was just sitting in the front seat sobbing because it was such a beautiful book. And I think about that book all the time as well. If you also love reading, please message me. I have so many different book recommendations. I read everything. I love fantasy. I love nonfiction. John and I read so much about different ways to, we actually right now we're reading Becoming Supernatural, which is a deeply transformational book by Joe Dispenza. And we read Grain Brain by Dr. Perlmutter. So everything we really love to read, I really love to read. Stephen King says it is so crucial for creatives to write a lot and to read a lot. I am writing my first book right now. It is so confronting just sitting with yourself and honoring those those thoughts. Like who is going to read this? Is this going to land and is this going to resonate with people? Stephen King really inspired me. I mean, he's written so I actually don't super resonate with his specific genre, but he's obviously an icon in the West or more than just the West. And I think reading a lot and writing a lot is a really good life takeaway. I do practice morning pages. I don't do it every single morning as I like to kind of vary my mornings with meaning. I do write a lot. I do read a lot. If you are going through something right now and you need to shift and just have somebody hold you and you desire something calming, please, please open up a book. Allow that to be your friend. So much healing occurs when you allow yourself to drift into a story. I am obsessed with book TikTok. If you have yet to explore this area, TikTok has a whole like I don't even know what to call it, a group or it's not even a group, like hashtags. Just go to hashtag book TikTok. It is amazing. Really, really found so many great stories because of that. So reading is transformational for me. It's so healing for me. My my sister, Danny, my sister-in-law, Anne, we read a lot of the same books. My best friend's mom just dropped a book off for me uh, yesterday morning. So and John and I are heading into, we're going offline for a couple of days next week. And we just sit down and read, go on walks, make beautiful meals. And we read. It is my most favorite way to spend my time. So I offer that to you. Reading is healing. Allow yourself to be immersed in a story. And I just have so much respect for these these books and these, I'm like, I could even cry. I'm like getting so emotional just thinking about all of these books that really held me. And the truth is, I 
when John and I were traveling, we spent a couple weeks in Oregon and I was launching something and I really wanted to launch one of my programs in this very popular funnel. And it didn't really work for me. I'm so happy I tried it because now I know not to ever do it again for my business and not to recommend it to my clients. It is a, um, it was a really interesting funnel where you a ton of Facebook ads, which really do not resonate with me. They don't work for me. They probably, I don't encourage my clients to use that. Um, that's an ongoing conversation. And anywho, this launch didn't go how I wanted it to. And it was really heavy on my heart because I I wanted to try something that wasn't necessarily in alignment just so I could speak about it from like an authoritative place because it was such a popular funnel of Facebook ads running a free masterclass series in a Facebook group. And people, at least my audience, not so many of us are on Facebook anymore. So it didn't really, it ended up still being a profitable launch, but it didn't really work for me the way that I wanted it to. And I was upset. Like I, I was not in peace over it. And I read I sat down and I read my books and that really, that actually brings me to number 14. So 13 was reading is healing. Number 14 is what are you binging on that prevents you from showing up? And this is something that comes up often with my clients and also my friends. So just being conscious of what are you binging on that is dimming your light or you're you're allowing yourself to kind of play small in. Is it dating apps, right? Is it Instagram? Is it reality TV? Is it books? Like I've even allowed myself to binge read instead of showing up for work. I mean, that hasn't happened often and I'm at peace with that, but it's more so an awareness practice. Be aware because it's super, it could be a super positive thing and the awareness attached to it just shows you what you are hiding from. So this is important for those people who make a ton of plans to fill up their schedule, to do a million things because they don't want to be alone or they want to avoid a project that they promised their, themselves they would start. This is more of an awareness exercise than anything else. Is it binge watching movies instead of going on dates or sitting down and writing that book? Or is it binge reading because like me, I wanted to avoid wedding planning? Oh my God, wedding planning. I'm just so not that type of bride, that type of girl. Um, it was not interesting to me. I'm very grateful that I have my mother who helped so much and same even my mother-in-law as well. And yeah, I was just so not somebody who gave a shit about wedding planning. I was just so grateful that I found the right person for me. And our big wedding, John and I are already married. Our big wedding is happening in August. And I just, it's it's going to be just enough Aaron and my vibe for it to feel like my wedding. But for the most part, I'm just really grateful for the man that, that comes with the whole festivity. So number 14, what are you binging on or what are you filling your schedule with that prevents you from showing up? It's more of an awareness exercise and just be gentle there. Just pay attention. Number 15, girlfriends who truly know your heart. I have the same best friend from zero. I have the same best friends from high school 
And this is not common. And I'm realizing how uncommon that is. And if you are listening to this and you are feeling sad because you don't have those type of friendships, now is the time for you to start dating for friends. Seriously, it is. I even have one of my close friends. She actually did the Bumble BFF, and which was the Bumble dating app, but to meet friends in your area. I think so many people meet their closest friends also when they start a new job or when they have kids and they become friends with their kids' moms. Their kids' friends moms their kids friends moms and i know for me i have i i mean i thank god every single day for my best friends just really my friend who i can just be the worst version of me and so authentic and raw and I'm you know I'm crying I'm just like thinking about how grateful I am yeah and I talk about crying in the next one so I think that's that's interesting so get yourself friends or just honor the friends that you have something else that I really want to say here is um I there was a time in my life where I I mean, here's the truth for me. My friendships really changed because I, I changed, right? I lived in Israel. I lived in India. I came home and I was different. I am different. I really was. I cared way more about connecting to God as I understood it and going to yoga and meditating. And I think I was eating vegan at that time. And food is still a big tension point in my group of friends. Like, I cannot believe that people still drink pop. Like, I thought we learned that that was bad for you. And I try, I just, it's hard to sit down with your friends and feel like you need to edit yourself. So I'm just really grateful that I have these amazing best friends where I don't need to edit myself and I don't need to explain why I eat dairy and gluten-free or why I am drinking that night or why I am not drinking that night. I guess it's usually the opposite, but... Um, taking time to really nurture those relationships. And in that same space, it's okay to shift away from some friends. I am not nearly as close with some people who were a big part of my life many years ago. And it makes me really sad. And I'm sure you've experienced this as well. And it's okay, right? Like we're growing, we're evolving. I'm really good at keeping in touch. My friends will, I go on a walk every single day, typically for 30 minutes to an hour. I call my favorites on my phone, right? I call all the people in my phone until somebody picks up. I am very, very good at keeping in touch with my people. I, it's just, that's something that I know is really important to me. And it's, if it's not being reciprocated, I, I think I need to let some of those relationships go. So these are this is something I'm currently working on. And in that same space, it's not at the forefront of my mind, but there has to be a gentleness here, right? And in that same space, I'm just so grateful for my Pamela. I'm so grateful for the women in my life who, I mean, I call these girls and... So many of us, we feel bad venting or we're self-conscious of what we're saying. And I, I don't have many, but I mean, I have a few friends where I can just be so raw, so real 
and not lose sleep over, you know, did I say the wrong thing or did I hurt this person's feelings or are they going to think different from me? So I pray all of you have these deep transformational female friendships. And I will even say, I know that a lot of my clients have met their best friend, their spiritual running buddy, like the person they can be radical and real with in my programs. Especially I hear from alum all the time from the Certificate of Mindfulness and Wellbeing Strategy, how they're just meeting, like they're still close with the people that they met years ago and they're traveling together, they're partnering on their businesses together. It's so, it's so important. It's so real. It's so raw and I love it. So number 15, what I've learned is girlfriends, nurturing those relationships, so much gratitude for, for the people in my life, for the women in my life who truly, truly know my heart. And, and I'll just add one more kind of like asterisks here. The biggest bonus in my life is my friends who have married the best people ever and then bringing this just divine masculine, like the best men into your life. I'm thinking of one of my best friends and and her husband and they're just we travel with them a lot. And um, I just I'm so grateful for these epic men that come into my life because they married some of my best friends. So um, I'll just add that little asterisk there. Number 16, English is a limited language. Have you ever felt something a feeling state, an experience that you just didn't have words to explain because there wasn't words for it in English. And I talk about this so much with my clients, my friends who speak multiple languages. And the example that I always love to share is in Hebrew, nishama sheli, which really means great light of mine, great soul of mine, great like essence of mine. And I really love love that but the translation in English is limiting and it's weird and you wouldn't really call somebody great light of mine the other reason I love Nishama Shaili is when I use it it's like talking to John like my highest soulmate or my sister or like you know beautiful people that that I really love and when you're in the market in Israel if you're buying carrots and you're like moving too fast and the the market is really busy and the man who is selling the carrots is really distracted he'll be like Rega, nishama sheli. like hold on great light of mine like i'm not ready like stop like what are you doing just take a second it's like harsher and more intense um it's something that i really love and find really interesting how these words translate and just giving you permission to have an experience and feel something. And I know I was talking to one of my clients who speaks Spanish and she'll say, I can only explain this or express this in Spanish. It doesn't translate into English. So for any of you who have had a feeling state, because I know I have as well, it's, it is almost as if I feel the stars or glitter or the color neon orange. There's not a great word next to it. And I'll just say like epic or something in that trajectory. So number 16, English is a limited language. I invite you to study other languages to see if you are finding words that more resonate with your soul. And also explaining yourself in more descriptive colors or words. Number 17, even if you are perfect, you will still get fucked. And this is something that I have this amazing story. I had to ask my sister for permission to share. It is something that I think really just 
emulates this theme, how we cannot strive for perfection. Perfectionism is something that prevents so many of us from showing up and being our best self. I am not a perfectionist. It is one of my greatest gifts. Even just now, I was talking to my mom about it. I show up messy. I show up authentic. I show up raw. I show up real. I'm on this podcast. I have a little bit of an outline. Whatever comes up kind of comes up. So what you see is what you get. And so many of my clients, they are perfectionists. And it's something that we're working through together in real time. And it really does offer a little bit of a mindset block. So listen to the story about my sister. My sister just graduated. She's brilliant uh, from Northwestern with her doctorate in physical therapy. She takes her boards. Again, my sister's brilliant, so keep that in mind. Takes her boards, everybody gets their results back, pass, 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 pass. My sister gets withheld. Calls my mom, calls me. She actually, I mean, she was normal upset. I feel once you know your family, you know there are different layers of upset. She was normal upset. Um, My mom ended up driving into the city and picking her up and bringing her back home, and she... She's, she's just really smart, so she couldn't understand what happened. It was really upsetting for all of us. It was really shocking for all of us. The next day we find out she got a perfect score, right? She got a perfect score. And they took the joy from us. They took the gusto from us. I want to shake the machine that flagged her test as with withheld because who gets a perfect score, right? So the robot must have flagged it as suspicious because people don't normally get perfect scores. So my sister already has an epic job. She's happy. It's uh, it's why I need to just shout from the rooftops that my amazing sister got a perfect score on her boards because it's not necessarily something you would typically add on her resume, on the resume. So even if you are perfect, There are still going to be obstacles. Can you please strive for authenticity instead? Can you please strive for the raw and real instead? This is a unedited episode. I'm giving you, you know, just my truth myself. That is always what feels in alignment for me. So instead of being perfect, how can you be more free? How can you be more authentic? How can you be more aligned? Number 18, human design and how that has transformed my business. So if you have yet to look up your human design, it's based on your, and I actually, let me preface this. I am not super big in astrology. I'm always down for it. I'm interested in hearing about it. I love when people call it a science. I am by no means an expert. Something that does resonate with me is human design. It is also uh, also categorized by your birthday, where you were born, the time you were born, etc. What I learned from my human design is I am a projector, and it's actually a very common type for entrepreneurs. The main takeaway for me that has transformed my business is I have to be invited in. So my clients that DM me on Instagram or hit reply to my emails and go out of their way to connect with me and they just see how much I can transform their lives and their business. When I feel invited in, when I feel seen, that's typically when I thrive best. So if you are listening to this and you are interested in working with me, just shoot me a DM. I would love to connect with you. 
I am actually running a very special offer for anyone who does listen to this podcast series. If you do desire to scale your business to consistent 5K months in alignment, please come join Soulful Entrepreneur Basecamp. If you tell me that you listen to this episode or this series, I will give you $1,000 off. So please message me. Just message me the word Basecamp and I will know exactly what you are talking about. This is a transformational program, five months, so much. Uh, you get so much pre-recorded content immediately, and then you get two calls with me every single month. And then you also get a call with my support team, a copywriter, a mindset coach, sales and strategy coach, social media coach. I even bring in mindfulness and kundalini yoga just to really honor that alignment piece as well. So honoring who you are, message me base camp should that align with you. I definitely want to make sure you are being taken care of. So number 18, recognizing that I'm a projector and that I need to feel seen and invited in. This is also when I love people inviting me on their podcast or they want to go live together on Instagram or they want to write about me for a publication or inviting me to speak somewhere. Those are things that always feel really good. And also, even when family members and friends ask me about business or they heard from one of their friends that they're working with me, anything in that trajectory, that makes me feel really good and has transformed my life and my business. Number 19, only my close friends know this one. What insomnia has taught me? I I have been sleeping really well, I should add. I have experienced pretty extreme bouts of insomnia throughout my life. Um, Maybe you have as well. Insomnia is, there are people that I've met who have no trouble sleeping and I have tremendous envy for them. People who can fall asleep easily on airplanes, people who can fall asleep regardless of where they are in the world. I want to be you, I want to be you. And this is not diet related. I have worked with so many nutritionists and mentors that tell me I just need to shift my diet. It is not a caffeine intake related. I really only have a small cup of coffee in the morning. And I even edit that often as well. This all started, and this is a much longer story, um, (laughs) when I was in grad school at Columbia University, I lived uh, in the graduate school dorms and I have many, I just, I lived in a haunted dorm room. There's no cute way to say it. It was fucking haunted. It was really scary. And I stopped sleeping for kind of a long period of time. I have since grown through that. I think sleeping with John has been a big part of it. It is so comforting for me to know that he's there. I am still afraid of the dark. It is something that I am still working through. I've had many mystical experiences in my life that contributes to the insomnia. As I have lived nomadically during COVID with John, sleeping has become so much better. I'll even say just the shift in my schedule, being an entrepreneur and being homebound because of COVID, I have been sleeping so much better. I did lead a trip to Israel, a 10-day birthright trip once with my sister and my dear friend Ori. And I didn't sleep for 10 days. And I remember something in my brain just, just shifted. And thankfully, because of my deep mindfulness practice, because of I am also very patient with myself. So because of that patience, 
over time. Um, I am a much better sleeper now. And then anyone who is listening who has maybe slept in hotel rooms or Airbnbs that feel weird, like the energy is weird, something that has really worked for me is to always have a plant or a bowl of water near my bedside table, something that is life, right? So bringing in that life, a a bouquet of flowers, a succulent, but even crystals, I travel with my crystals and golden eggs. So the golden egg practice is just visualizing a golden egg, a golden beam of light around your body. You are always safe in your golden egg. I put on my golden egg before I go to bed. I also put it on first thing in the morning just so nothing gets stuck to me. Any thoughts or feelings my clients are experiencing, they don't get stuck to me. Any entities I might experience throughout the day, they don't get stuck to me. So put on your golden egg. Make sure when you go to bed, there's some form of life in your bedroom besides you. And uh, even having a light night has been really transformational for me. Windows are really big for me as well. I love having windows. I love having natural light. So, and I'll say this, I don't necessarily mind being awake at night because it allows me time to dream and dream really big. I read a lot. I ideate. I journal. I allow myself to sit under the moon, whether it's full or empty Insomnia has been a really interesting lesson of how to be chill, how to be chill even when you are exhausted. I know I will be an amazing mother because of this. Exhaustion doesn't affect me like it affects other people. This is something my best friend and I talk about often. I can go many nights without sleeping and be fine. Yes, I look tired. And yes, I definitely experience brain fog. And yes, I might lean on caffeine a little bit. And because of my mindfulness practices, because of breathing deeply into the depths of my lower belly, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I'll even add that some of the best things that I've ever birthed into the world happened during a bout of insomnia. So if you are experiencing insomnia, check out my up-level meditation online course. Use code up-level. May that serve you. Um, That's a huge... uh, discount. So just allow it to serve you in your practice. Insomnia happens every now and then. I encourage you, if you are experiencing anxiety or symptoms of depression, please seek professional help and breathe into the depths of your lower belly as that is something that has transformed my life. I'll even go one step further that my mom and I in the past have even been awake at the same time. And we'll have some of our best chit chats at three, four, 5 a.m. in the morning. And those are the really sacred conversations that I don't think people have had with their mothers. So just something really interesting that has been a side effect of insomnia. So number 19, what insomnia taught me how to be gentle, just being so gentle and honoring it. Now, number 20, and I know this is probably one that's going to resonate with many of you, being married and manifesting your soulmate. I manifested John. I manifested John from highest good and highest authenticity. I still have people coming to me to do ceremonies together. If you do want to call in your soulmate, please message me. I would love to move into a ceremony with you. I did a ceremony where I sat in the feeling of being with my highest soulmate, what it really felt like to be there. Again, it was more metaphors and symbols rather than specific English words. I did a whole ceremony around it. I wrote it down on a piece of paper and I I lost that piece of paper. You're supposed to kind of lose the piece of paper. 
and everything on the piece of paper is the essence of being in the energy of your highest soulmate. I also took the aligned action, which was showing up, which was dating, which was being receptive. And I sat in the feeling of being with my highest soulmate, being with the person who would help guide me and bring in children together, travel the world with me, support me in building a legacy brand. John is actually now a support coach in, uh, in my program, Limitless Mastermind, which is so epic, which is so fun. And I would sit in manifestation every day, even if it was just for 30 seconds or a minute, just sitting in the feeling of being home in this energy, traveling, being held, being heard. I knew it was going to be a hairy Jewish male that was so important to me. It was so important to me to be with somebody who had a deep, intimate, and intricate relationship with the land of Israel, their own experiences with the land. It's something John and I bond on so deeply, how we have this deep love for a land. And I was so worried I would never find that. John lived in Jerusalem. John is I say he's fluent in Hebrew. He says he isn't, but he's fluent in Hebrew, by my standards at least. We can connect so deeply over Zionism, our love for Israel, our love for peace. And we're both really knowledgeable about accurate information on Israel and Palestine and everything that is happening over there. And I am... I am just so grateful because I can imagine how exhausting it is to explain to a romantic partner why, like, why we must love a land or why, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation in itself, but that was a big part of my manifestations, a man who would just get it, where I wouldn't have to explain why my heart is so connected to this land, to this country, to this peoplehood a man who also has Israeli friends and his own stories. And I, this was just deep parts of my manifestations and he and uh, brilliance and inspiration, someone who's down for the adventure. I sat in that energy, drinking coffee with him in the morning, reading books with him in the morning, what it would feel like to grow old together. I, even what it felt like to argue, right? To have these arguments. And John is so, he's chiller than me, so... Um, I think that's saying something. If you are manifesting your soulmate, I would love to move into ceremony with you. It's uh, I think I have a donation based. So message me. Would love to do that. And being married to a man like this, a man that I really didn't believe existed. I am just grounded in a way like never before to just be held in, in all parts of it. And... I wish that for all of you, I wish you that you have a partner who truly sees you, who feels like being home. Like I always say, my love story is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. I travel the whole world just to find out that my soulmate was a mile from my parents' house. I knew John's parents even before I knew John. I knew John. John's a twin. I knew he had like a twin even before I knew John was John. Our brothers grew up together. We both have older brothers, Matt. I mean, it's just, you can't make this shit up. Like there's, he was, he was there all along. He wasn't ready to meet me. I wasn't ready to meet him. John messaged me on Facebook out of nowhere, out of the blue in December of 2017. We went on our first date to my favorite Thai restaurant in Chicago, Opart Thai. 
and we were just inseparable. I mean, we saw each other every single day for three weeks until I started leading back-to-back trips to Israel. And something that I just think is so divine and just such a signal from the universe is my whole family was meeting in Florida for New Year's 2017 to 2018. And I really, like, I really wanted my partner to be there. And it just so happens that John already had a trip planned to be in Florida during that time before he met me. He met my grandparents. I, I mean, I'll start crying if I dive into all of that. So I wish for all of you to call in your highest soulmate, to move into ceremony, to sit into that feeling state every single day just for a little bit just because I knew when John walked in that I was home I knew right away you can't unknow and I say this all the time once you know you can never unknow so may you all be with your highest soulmate we all have different layers of soulmates I think there's specific ones that help you bring children into the world that help you evolve that help you grow that travel with you that reflect and mirror your deepest desires and dreams. So number 20, I'm so grateful to marry this man. I sat in devotion for years, years, years. I remember I first did my ceremony in 2016. Or actually, no, it was 2015. It was summer 2015. I met John December 2017. So the first time I sat in ceremony was uh, two plus years, two and a half years before I actually met him, right? Summer 2015, 60s, yeah, that's correct. So thank you all so much for being present. This is part two. Head on over to part three to learn about number 21 to 30. May this series serve you. As always, please rate, comment, subscribe. It just helps me share wisdom, share alignment with more people all around the world. Please screenshot it. Put it on Instagram at Aaron R. Doppelt. Tag me and you'll be entered to win a free one-on-one session with me. We can dive into ceremony for your soulmate client or we can dive into business strategy or mindset practices or meditation, whatever feels most aligned for you. Thank you all so much for being present. May this series serve you and I will talk to you all very soon.